lot of what I was thinking about was like stillness for Sydney. Like I think she has a lot of anxiety and a lot of energy, uh-huh. but she keeps it very still. I'm somebody who is not that. I move a lot. I've got very long limbs. I love to move them. <laughs> with Sydney, it was like a lot of the opposite. And like, how do I move with like grace? And how do I move with like swiftness? Thinking of my body in a certain way and having these like expectations of me. So how do I stay still? But then it's like, as soon as the cameras are off, I'm like, ah, it's weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Awardist, where we're chatting with the actors, creators, and more who are contenders this year, and we're breaking down the state of the 2023 Emmys race. I'm Entertainment Weekly Executive Editor Jared Hall, and I've got a familiar voice back with me this week. It's EW Editor-in-Chief Patrick Gomez. Hello. How are you? I'm doing all right, Jared. It's a crazy week, but glad to take the time to chat. It is indeed, and I'm glad you're here. Uh, we get we get you know 30 minutes or so here to just uh, take a break from the rest of the world and and talk about the things we love. And uh, our guest today on the show is someone who uh, I've quickly fallen in love with um, as a an actress, a, a comedic uh, performer, a, a writer. Uh, let me just run through the list here because her her star is on really a meteoric rise right now. She is co-star on The Bear. She is a, has been a guest star on Abbott Elementary. She does a lot of voice work. Uh, people might know her from Big Mouth, Clone High, or Mulligan. Um, she's starring in the summer movies Theater Camp and Bottoms, as well as Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. Uh, she was a consulting producer on the latest season of What We Do in the Shadows and co-wrote the episode Private School. Um, hopefully those were enough clues so that everyone knows I'm talking about Io Adebari, um, who's just, I, I, she's so great. And I had such a lovely conversation, uh, with her. We called it, um, an unofficial date, uh, where, cause that's what she's like. Interviews feel like dates sometimes, you know, you're, you, you gotta sell yourself, uh, same with like job interviews and stuff. But anyway, um, let's talk first about, uh, Io on the bear, uh, which I think is really where a lot of people took notice of her as uh, Sydney, the the sous chef, coming in and really kind of uh, trying to trying to whip this kitchen into shape, and it did not go over well at first. But that's what was the, like her great conflict in season one. Yeah, I, I just first of all, obviously the show is fantastic. Love her on the show. Love, love everyone on the show. Um, I was uh, able to be at um, the Critics' Choice Awards, and she was there as part of that. And and just her energy in the room as well is just like, it, you know, you got to chat with her. Uh, I, I only saw her from across the room. But just like the energy, not just her, but the whole cast, like it's just like it, it's fantastic to see them find the success that they have because it's it's clear that they are kind of in that honeymoon period of just <laughs> really enjoying um, celebrating their success together. And, and she's a big part of that. And that was, that was really great. Uh, you know, you mentioned some of the other projects that, that she's in. I, I thought as far as recastings go, um, she voices Missy yeah. on, on Big Mouth, a uh, character that was voiced by Jenny Slate, but the character is half black. And they ultimately decided that, you know, that the person voicing them should be able to speak authentically to that experience. And um, Io stepped in and I thought, one, the show itself did that transition beautifully, but I thought that she stepped in uh, in a way that is, is true to Missy's essence, but in no way, shape, or form was like, I have to come in here and kind of try to sound like Jenny Slate. Like, she made it her own, which was fantastic. And uh, and then, 
bottoms like to me the funniest oh trailer <laughs> that i've seen in yeah. 2023 so i if the movie is half as funny as the trailer is then we're all in for a treat yeah she and i were talking a little bit uh, even before we started the interview i told her i had uh, watched that trailer like six times that morning and she was like well prepare yourself because the movie is wild. She said like the trailer, of course there are a lot of great things in it, but um, she, she said that the movie is is so much fun uh, and she's reconnecting there with uh, someone she's worked with for a while, Rachel Sennett. They used to do a lot of stuff together. Um, so it's, it's a bit of a reunion uh, for them, you know, getting back uh, on the big screen here. So I cannot wait for that movie. Uh, theater camp also looks so funny. Um, maybe more so just because I, not that I ever went to theater camp, but I was in theater, uh, uh, in high school. So I, I get a little bit of that um, world for sure. But yeah, I, she just, uh, you know, she said it's funny because right now a lot of the things that she's filmed are hitting right now. So it's trying to like now get into the mode of then what's next, like what's coming up after that. And of course, uh, you know, there's the, the writer strike happening right now. So uh, she can't really... Uh, do a whole lot in the way of writing things for herself um, and not really booking things at the moment. Um, but I I have a feeling there are going to be a lot of things uh, being added to her resume um, in, in, in certainly in the months to come. I would hope. I, I, I just, I don't disagree at all. Well, there you go. See, this is, you were supposed to say, no, she's horrible. And, and I, I only wish the worst for her. So we have something to disagree on. No, I'm kidding. Um, she's, she's fantastic. Uh, another one of uh, her categories I want to talk about. I mentioned she was, uh, you know, a guest star on Abbott Elementary. She was playing Quinta Brunson's, uh, sister who they were kind of not necessarily estranged, but there was certainly tension between them, uh, because, uh, Io's character, Aisha, uh, had years earlier, uh, left Philly. She got away from home uh, and she went to Colorado and and Quinta's character, uh, Janine, kind of took that as like her abandoning not just their mom, uh, who we eventually got to meet, played by Taraji P. Henson, but um, Janine also took it as abandoning her. And they uh, they have a big blow up uh, in the episode. We first see her in one episode on on FaceTime and then she's later uh, in person um, comes comes home and, and spends some time with uh, with Janine that doesn't really doesn't go all that well, but they handled it so beautifully that uh, that tension between the two of them and really getting to like show like this is this is really like, you know, things that happen between sisters that nothing felt forced. And, and they felt like people who had, uh, you know, grown up with each other, and known each other for, for a very long time. So um, smart thinking on Quinta's part to reach out and say, hey. Io, you wanna you wanna come do this? Yeah, I I just I think she did such a great job there of being a character where all of the reasons that you don't want to like her make yeah. sense, but she didn't make her a villain, which was right. I thought really interesting. Like, yes, some of the stuff she did was annoying, but then when she was able to explain herself, it was like, oh, that all makes total sense in a very real way, not in a well. I was hiding that part of this because the story needed me to hide it until this point. It yeah. all felt very real and authentic, and I think that that's actually one of the beauties of Abbott Elementary. Is mm -hmm. as much as they are kind of like a yuck, yuck, yuck sitcom, it's all very grounded in yeah. things that really happen in life. Yeah, like even even Janine with like her ex boyfriend who keeps popping back in. <laughs> you know, yeah. like all of that is done in a way that's real it in, in, in you know i mean there's other it's mockumentary so there's other ways mm -hmm. to describe it uh similar to the office but as heightened as the office could be it was another show that like really found the reality in the relationships 
Yeah. Well, and you mentioned, you know, the mockumentary style. Of course, we get some of that, um, you know, on what we do in the shadows as well, which I mentioned she's a co-producer and she wrote on. Uh, uh, OK, this episode that she co-wrote, Private School, you remember that one where they're trying to get like baby Colin in and uh, the um, they have um, to do Nadia, say baby Colin and I'm laughing. Yeah, baby Colin, it's great. <laughs> but Nadia keeps um, hypnotizing the, the school headmaster so that they can like all of them as a group can restart the conversation so that they make a good impression to help get baby Colin. And it's so funny. And, and she, um, she goes through the entire course of kind of like writing that sequence, which she said was really just about um, her and her co-writer trying to make each other laugh. And, you know, that's I, I, in the writing phase, that's your, you know, your first bit of audience. So if, if your writer, your, your friend there laughs, I think you're onto something, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, peak, like that's what we try to do with the with each other and and Honestly. the rest of the team when we're coming up with our our headlines and yeah, and cover yeah. lines. We're like, is this pun too silly, or is this right. just the right amount of silly? Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, and they they have a lot of fun with that on shadows. Um. Okay. I, I said we were getting into the guest stuff, and then we took a little tangent, but let's come back to it. Guest stars. Um. Uh. Because she is eligible for guest star, actress in a comedy. Uh. In addition to Io uh, for Abbott Elementary, as is Taraji P Henson. Quinta Bronson is actually eligible in this category for SNL, along with uh because she guest hosted like Jen Ortega, Aubrey Plaza, who sat who had an amazing episode, and Molly Shannon. Um. Poker Face is one of those shows that could almost take all of the slots, I think, if, you know, if the right people watched. Um, Judith Light, Cherry Jones, Hong Chow, Ellen Barkin. Uh, and then for Ted Lasso, you've got Sarah Niles and Harriet Walker. Um, Shirley MacLaine, oh my gosh, so funny on Only Murders in the Building, and I think she's going to get into the mix there. Uh, but for you, uh, anyone in particular who's standing out and you would be sad to see if they didn't get nominated? I mean, I just love Harriet Walter. Um, who potentially could be nominated for both uh, Ted Lasso and Succession. Um, I, I think it's great that she kind of plays distant, uh, distant British mothers on both of these shows, <laughs> yeah. but yet still they are very, like on paper, they're actually the same character, but mm-hmm. in reality, she finds a way to imbue both of them with so completely different, different yeah. personas. Um, so I think that that's really interesting. Would love to see her nominated in, in both of those categories mm-hmm. uh, here. Yeah. I mean, Shirley just, I don't know. I feel like Shirley had the most to chew on out of all of these people. Um, and so for that reason, I like, I'm really rooting for her, but you know, uh, just all of, all of them are so great. It's, it's a, I think, feel like we said this when we were last discussing Emmy's categories, but it, it's, it's a very stacked year. Yeah. Um, there's very few, there's very few categories where I'm like, well, it's this person and like, let's just move on. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and that makes it tough, uh, certainly to predict. Uh, and I said, you know, at Poker Face, all, all of them, you know, could take uh, most of the slots. But looking at the SNL list again, they could all fill all the, you know, the majority of the slots. Quinta, Jenna, Aubrey, Molly. Like, I remember so many funny things from each of their episodes. Um, Aubrey and Quinta. Yeah, I would in love particular. everything for Kiki, who also technically yeah. could be nominated. Like, if you go further, like, there's just, there's so many uh, yeah. incredible. SNL moments this this season. Well, every episode is a. I, I found like almost every episode is uneven. Every episode had like one or two shining moments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, I, I think it was overall a very strong season for SNL. Agree. Uh, as we look at the uh, guest act 
actor in a comedy. Same thing for SNL, uh, because this season they had uh, they had Austin Butler. They had Steve Martin and Martin Short hosting together. Uh, Pedro Pascal hosted Dave Chappelle. So lots of options there. Uh, Only Murders in the Building. He uh, is a previous nominee, Nathan Lane. Uh, he's so consistently good. Uh, Luke Kirby for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, as well as Hank Azaria. John Bernthal popped up uh, on The Bear, uh, a very important role that he played, uh, and we got to see him a bit. Uh, I'm a little less sure about that nomination for him. Uh, and then if we're looking at Poker Face, again, lots of potential there. Um, Adrian Brody, Nick Nolte, uh, and, and some others. I Gosh. I, oh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, of course, was on Poker Face as well, and Lil Rel Howery. Um, oh my gosh. I don't, I don't even know. Like, I think Pedro Pascal and, and Steve Martin short, uh, will be nominated, but again, I don't, I don't know. I, they just, they just feel safe is not the right word, but you know what I mean? They, they were really fantastic, uh, with their guest work and seems I, I agree. I think that those two, those two stand out to me. Um, I think, you know, Nathan Lane has a strong shot for only murders. This category, as much as I, as much as I felt like the other category was so crowded here, I feel like it's crowded with people that I'm kind of equally excited about, but almost none of them I'm as excited about as in the, uh, guest comedy actress category. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the, everyone here was very funny and fine, but I'm not like excited and jazz, but like, oh my God, this person has to go. You know, mm-hmm. some of the, some of the people on the list are also include, um, uh, Luis Guzman and Fred Armisen from Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to say I would personally not vote for either of them. Um, uh, I, I found them to both be in different shows and not even the same show yeah the two of them but they both seemed in a different show than the rest of the, <laughs> the um series mm-hmm. uh so i you know i out of the people that are in the legit mix um those are the ones that i would say i don't envision making the yeah. cut um other than that i really do feel like it's a pretty even playing field between um a, a lot of these people Totally agree. And by the way, this category is where uh, Kristen Baldwin and I, uh, on on another episode of this podcast, talked about Bobby Cannavale and Bupkus. Uh, Episode two, where he is heavily featured in the one he, everyone listening, he should be nominated for. Um, Peacock and NBC are actually making that episode available. They're playing it on NBC proper uh, following um, a a rerun of SNL. Uh, So that's even a little more evidence right there. They're really pushing that one. Um, the writing in it is just incredible and Bobby is fantastic. So, um, I hope people pay a little more attention to that one. Uh, so let's talk about guest actress in a drama series. Okay. So we already talked about Harriet Walter. I I feel like I will say it in this case. I feel like she's a lock. I think Melanie Linsky stands a very good chance, uh, for the last of us. Uh, Cherry Jones, we talked about, uh, has the potential for guest actress for Poker Face. I think she also stands a good shot uh, for guest actress for Succession. Remember when uh, Claire Foy won for guest actress for The Crown? It was a flashback. Well, she's eligible again for another flashback. Um, so so that could happen uh, as well. Uh, and then you've got, you know, Betsy Brandt popped up there in uh, the, the final episodes of Better Call Saul. Um, a few others from Succession. Uh, don't forget, by the way, Lizzo on The Mandalorian. 
Uh, I don't know if that one's going to happen, but maybe. Who knows? I mean, the, the Academy voters, they love her. She she won uh, big last year. So that could happen as well. But um, I, I'll pose the same question. Someone you would be disappointed if they didn't get nominated. Well, you know, I I loved Fiona Shaw's work on Andor. I thought some of the acting and writing on Andor was actually the, some of the strongest of the year. Uh, and so I would love to see her represented uh, on this nomination list um, as well. And then, you know, you mentioned Cherry Jones from Succession. I, I didn't feel like there was a lot of meat on the bone. No, um, not particularly. In, in her appearance. And not that we haven't seen nominations for less, but uh, if she gets one, I'm rooting for her for Poker Face. Uh, and, you know, another name that's been in the mix is Hope Davis yep. from Succession. That's another one where, I don't know, I guess I pose this question back to you, Jared. When they said Hope was joining and they gave her a little bit right away, yeah. but she kept showing up and maybe she just was like, I love the show, so I'm going to keep doing it. But I kept waiting for there to be more to mm-hmm. her story. Completely agree. Um, yeah. Yeah. She she was there. She had like a line or two, but I don't think that is like Emmy worthy work. I love her. Love everything you do, Hope. Uh, but. Yeah, I, I mean, I think what would carry her to a nomination here is purely being attached to succession. Because um, there are, I, I think she had better material in earlier seasons, but yeah, she was just kind of there for obvious reasons this year. So, yeah. Mm, yeah. Well, oh, and I will also say, if you're going to give a, a crown cameo a nomination, might as well give it to Vanessa Kirby uh, in, instead of Clairvoy. Love them both, yeah. but we just love love any Vanessa Kirby love that can ever be put out into the world. Carrie Preston, good fight as well. Yeah. Um, well, and that character's returning to TV this fall, so th- yes. that's, that's well, really interesting. There could be, right. For that, yeah, good point. Um, yeah, to the point of Vanessa Kirby, I also thought um, Natasha McElhone's uh, episode, two episodes, she was really good in those, uh, and I would not be mad at that either um i know she's not really high up in the odds right now but uh you know it is the crown and that could be what kind of carries through but she was fantastic as well yeah. oh also though if you're going to give somebody that only had a couple scenes of the season of succession i would give it to um Hayim abbas i hope i'm saying that yeah. correctly um uh, who played logan's most recent mm-hmm. wife Mm-hmm. Um, I thought she uh, had some fantastic moments. Agree. She's great. I, I've loved that character the entire show. Well, <laughs> love to hate, hate to love. I'm not really sure. Uh, but yeah, she, she was fantastic on there. Um, and lastly, drama guest actors. Uh, okay, so we, I, I think, hands down, we know this is happening. Nick Offerman and Murray Bartlett for The Last of Us. Can I, they just both win? Like, can they just I, give I it to both of them and be done with it? Yeah, how do you give it to one over the other? I I don't even know. It's, uh, it feels I like think it's... It might, I think they're honestly might split the vote. They could split the vote. It's very true. Sad. Yeah, that's very possible, which then means that someone from Succession could get in, like James Cromwell, who had a fantastic episode at the funeral. Uh, Arian Moyad, uh, also great on there. Um, I've always loved uh, his scenes when he pops up on that show. Um, interestingly, uh, <laughs> do you think John Grise from uh, The White Lotus is going to get in for the few episodes he had at the beginning? Because I, I think about that scene where um, Tanya and Greg are at dinner, and I think he had some really great stuff in that scene in that moment. And I wonder if that could could push him through. It could possibly, but I feel like if if you're giving White Lotus attention, like, and unfortunately, because he just wasn't in it a ton, yep. like, his name is so far down on the list, but I don't know that that, I don't know that he gets the, you were mentioning that someone from Succession could get nominated just because they've got mm-hmm. Succession. Um, I don't know that the White Lotus is going to hold the same um, 
clout in this category. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but I, I don't know. I love to see him get in. I mean, because that character, uh, so mad at him. Uh, <laughs> let's get him back out on the circuit so he can uh, take the take the brunt of everyone's um, hate of that character. Um, and then the Mandalorian. I mean, Giancarlo Esposito is like. I feel like every time he's eligible for something, he's uh, he's nominated. Of course, he uh, could be nominated for uh, Better Call Saul as well in the supporting category. And then Christopher Lloyd also uh, in the mix for the Mandalorian. Uh, let's talk about Better Call Saul. Michael McKean, uh, we saw him in a bit of a flashback uh, in the final episodes of that show. And then Aaron Paul as well, uh, when uh, he and Brian Cranston also popped up. It could be really interesting that now if they win again, you know, for all those years that they won back on Breaking Bad, that they could now win again for Better Call Saul. You almost said Breaking Big, didn't you? I did almost say Breaking Big. <laughs> every time. Gotta love an EW franchise that uh, makes you confused every time you want to talk about Breaking Bad. Uh, you know, I, you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, Giancarlo Esposito. Uh, Andy Serkis, to me, on yeah. Andor. Like, if you're going to give it to, if you're going to give it to a Star Wars world, uh, I think Andy Serkis, again, I loved Andor. This was mm-hmm. a fantastic uh, first season of that show. And I just... I, Andy Circus and talk about just an ending to your to, to that episode. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, so that's, yeah, that's the one. I, I I mean, we talked about our love of Nick and Murray um, from Last of Us. Yeah, uh, I would love an in an ideal world, Nick and Murray both very deserving to of winning. Mm-hmm. Um, I envision a world where they split the vote and it goes to Andy, and I'm just happy knowing that all three of them are getting love and attention. Yeah, that could be really cool. I I mean, Andy Circus is to me always one of the um, most. Uh, in terms of honors, accolades, most underrecognized actors, because uh, he does such fantastic uh, character work as a lot of these creatures, you know, the motion capture or stuff. Um, and there just aren't the categories to honor the work he does. Um, so I, I, so I- anything that we can give him, um, let, let's do it. So I'm all in for that. Uh, so with that, Io Adebri is, I, I don't know what else to say about her that I haven't already said. She's just fantastic. And I can't wait for folks to hear uh, my interview with her where we, we talked about a lot. Um, and keep in mind, this is someone who originally went to college to be a teacher. Did you know that? I did not. No. Yeah. She was going to be an English teacher. Uh, so we talk a, a bit about that and how one even like makes that transition. But we're going to take a quick break uh, and come back and get to that interview. So don't go anywhere. The Awardist will be right back. Welcome back to The Awardist. Io Adebri really got folks' attention last summer uh, when she appeared on the first season of The Bear. Season 2 is coming up, and we talk about that a little bit in our interview. But uh, there's so much we spoke about regarding all the things she's uh, eligible for. She's eligible in like three categories, you guys, and and we talk about all that right now. So without further ado, let's get to it. Uh, My interview with Io Adebri. Io Adebri, thank you so much for joining me on the Awardist podcast. I'm excited to talk to you because you got a lot going on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, and yeah. I, I won't say I'm excited to talk about myself. That feels insane, but I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you. <laughs> good, good. All right. No, I totally get that. I hate talking about myself. I'm my own worst uh, like salesperson, yeah. which is everything you're supposed to be like living in this industry. Yes. 
I had a, an, an interview recently where I was just like, wow, I can't, I don't know if I did a good job or a bad job because the whole time I was just so <laughs> conscious. I was like, well, we're doing an interview. We are doing an interview. And she was like, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, they're like dates, aren't they? They are. are, are they, they weird really are. Like, like that. weird little, like, yeah, arranged yeah. Uh, acquaintances. Sure, sure. It makes sense to me. Uh, but anyway, yes. So this will just be more about me and uh, you just having a little conversation here. Yeah, this is like a bad date when you go on a date with, like, a narcissist and they, like, can't really <laughs> ask you questions <laughs> about themselves. <laughs> but the setup is just, yeah. you know that. <laughs> no, that's totally fine. I Please do not ask me any questions about me. It's all good. It's all good. Um, well, yeah, like I mentioned, you have a lot going on. Uh, the Bear, uh, specifically The Bear Season 1 we're here talking about, but Season 2 is about to start. Um, Abbott Elementary, you guest starred on this year as uh, Aisha, Janine's sister. Uh, what We Do in the Shadows, you were a consulting producer on Season 4 and co-wrote uh, the episode Private School, which there is a wildly funny sequence that we will get to um, in just a little bit. But... I mean, that's just like uh, a, a few things. Uh, I mean, people also know you from Dickinson, where you are, are, were a writer and started as, as Hattie. Uh, you're Missy on Big Mouth. Mulligan, uh, another uh, Netflix animated series, co uh, co-producer EP, uh, multiple voices on there. Clone High, uh, you voice Harriet Tubman. Uh, this year, people are also going to hear you as April O'Neil in uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem. Uh, you're also starring in Bottoms with your, uh, your old comedy pal, Rachel Sennett. Um, hey. I feel like busy is an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting. I think a lot of things are coming out um, or have been coming out in this period. Um, but they're like the product of work that's been happening for mm-hmm. a few years. Um, and my friend Olivia, um, who still has a podcast with, but she was joking. She was like, this is kind of like your mini, like Jessica Chastain moment. <laughs> when, like, there was just that year, you know, where like, like, like 40 movies came yeah. out and everybody was like, what? Um, but yeah, I think just like the nature of this business, sometimes things can time out in a crazy way. Yeah. Uh, but I'm, I'm, it is it is a bit weird. I feel like maybe it's because of the strike. I'm like I have time now to sit and like be yeah. still and I right. there has been a bit of a feeling where I'm like, wow, I haven't been still though in in a, mm. in a few years. Um but it's it's all stuff I'm I'm so happy to be a part of, like projects that I really love, people that I loved working with and things that I've loved learning on and I um I've just always been the type, I think, where I really like learning and I like mm-hmm. getting to I, – I get a bit restless after a while. And so I feel like um, maybe as a byproduct of those two qualities, I I feel like I've been able to sort of go back and forth between acting and writing and mm-hmm. producing and in some projects been lucky enough to sort of do – maybe both of those things. Yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, I just, um, it's a, it's a bit, it's a bit wild. Um, mm. 
my uh, getting a lot of like proud of you texts from my parents. <laughs> oh, that's great! Yeah, oh, that's, that's which, cool. which yeah. I'm sure because I, I don't know was was it your experience when you told your parents like, hey, um, I, I think this uh, you know um, teaching degree I'm pursuing at NYU, like I think I'm going to go a different direction. Were they like, um, what are you doing? I think, yeah, I think they already were like, you're going to New York, and then it was ah. like, you're going to New York to be a teacher. You're going to New York to do improv comedies. Okay. <laughs> Um, what's the plan here? And yeah. um, I come from just both of my parents and like my whole family is just very driven. Um, both my parents are immigrants. Uh, my mom's from Barbados. My dad's from Nigeria. And like all my cousins are like doctors, lawyers, professors, uh, like nurses, like mm-hmm. like just, just very hardworking mm-hmm. um, people. And so I feel like they were like, okay, and so what's the, like we're doing art. Like we don't know anybody <laughs> in that world. We don't know what yeah. that looks like. Right. Um, I think for me, then it was just like, okay, so then I have to like have a plan and I just have to work as hard as possible because I'm like, I'm like doing the thing. They were like, oh, okay. So you're like, you're doing the American dream thing. Ooh, okay. Got it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but so if, if I'm doing it, then I have to do it as, as well as I, as I can. Yeah. And this industry is a whole different kind of hard though. Uh, cause it can be like. mentally emotionally hard as well which absolutely takes a toll on the physical uh you know stamina too yeah i mean i think about there's period like there's like years that seems so dramatic to say but especially (laughs) when i was like in college and and just out of college and trying to get my footing and um you know was like working multiple jobs and doing stand-up at night and where i just I like can't, I like don't have like total memory of that time. <laughs> yeah. Just like just more of a memory of the feeling of being like, I really want this and I really want to make this happen. And I think I feel very lucky to um, be pursuing my passion. Like I don't think everybody gets to do that. I don't think my parents got to do that. And so I just wanted to be a sponge. I just wanted to soak up um, as much as I could be that about, you know, comedy or film and TV, um, just spending time with people who I admired and who I I was like, you just make me feel excited. Um, and some of those people, like like Rachel was one of them, um, you know, ended up being like a collaborator and, and in addition to a, an incredible friend. Yeah. Uh, well, Okay, so when you were at NYU, what prompted, like, uh, you know, I- interning at, at UCB and, and getting into improv? Was that a, like you went and saw it or was like a friend? How did that even happen? I had started doing improv in high school, actually. And so oh. I'd always loved it. And one of my friends, um, Mike Scarrett, who, which it's crazy. It's like we went to this, like, this very nerdy, academically geared, you're taking Latin for like four years type of school. Uh. Um, and we were like, 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 you know, co-presidents of the improv club. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and now he's here and he's like writing out here as well. But, um, he was kind of the one who was like, there's like a whole world of this. And we mm-hmm. would like watch UCB videos together with like, they would like upload like ass cats and, um, and, and stuff like that. Like the monologist, like I, we were watching those, uh, in his, in like his bedroom and like in the library, like we, we just, wanted I don't know we were just so obsessed with it mm-hmm. um, and so I'd always known about it and I'd known that like New York was kind of the mecca for that and when I got to NYU even though I was studying teaching I had tried out for a few improv groups at 
at school and on campus. And um, then I started doing improv in that in that world and yeah. um, in like the indie scene in New York. And um, I just was like, I people are wait, people are like doing this. I think it mm-hmm. was something that even though I had seen it and I knew that it was real, I hadn't totally like ingested it as like a truth and something that could have been a truth for me. Um, I think also just having parents who are like people like working class people, um, even though we, you know, we valued the arts in my house, but they weren't seen as, I think like a practical career path. Right. Uh, I, I think I seeing that as something you could make a living doing, uh, even if it was tricky or, you know, there, there would take some balance, uh, seeing that I think was, was very freeing for me. And I think also once I changed majors, I had some really incredible professors at school who kind of laid out the realities of, of being a writer and being a creative, um, which is that you're, you're freelancing forever, even if you have the most stable career. And I think when, when people are like, you're working a lot. I'm like, who else is going to work? <laughs> it's me paying my bills. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even if you're Whoopi Goldberg, you're, you're still freelancing. You're still yeah. selling yourself. You're still working in like a, a gig-based economy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that weirdly was something where I was like, oh, okay, now that I know that, I, I understand how, how this can work. And I understand also that I get to make my career. I get to, yeah. I get to be who I want to be. Like I think a, a lot of people can have that anxiety of like, well, how do I do? I go to this school and do this path, or do I, you know, sign up for these classes by this teacher, whatever it is. But it's like, it, there's no one path to success, and there's also no mm-hmm. one definition of success. Uh, you can define what you want. And I feel like for me, I'm like, I just want to keep chasing projects that make me excited. If it turns out that people aren't into them, then they're not into them. But like, I, I'm the one who's, who's going to sleep in my bed at night. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. if I feel proud of the work that I did and, and excited by it, then that's, that's like all I care about. I'm like, I'm like, wow, this is so existential. <laughs> ah, no, I, I love it though, because you're, you're reminding me of, uh, you know, every now and then, like as a journalist, I get to talk to, you know, other journalism students and they're like, okay, so what should I do? And I'm like, you don't want to follow my path. Like it's, yes. everyone's path is so like, you got to do what works for you. Yeah. And sure there are like, I guess, yeah, you, certain little things that you know you should do, but yeah. Yeah. But even, but also I, I get very stressed by that as well sometimes because I'm, I mean, especially in journalism, it's like you look back and it's like the landscape has completely shifted. And then you look forward and it's, and it's shifting in a complete other way. So like the things that might've applied, you know, I I came up doing uh, a lot of shows and that's how I met a lot of people. And I met Chris Storr through like stand up and writing. Like that's how I met people. Twitter was a, was a way when people remember when people were tweeting jokes, when it was like a fun website, (laughs) like that was how I was, making connections and I I'm and then you know I remember during pandemic I was like whoa there's a lot of people that I don't know because people are coming up on Instagram and coming up on TikTok and they're like and they're asking me for advice and I'm like I don't really I don't know if submitting to McSweeney's like I don't know if if, (laughs) yeah if that'll do what it you know what happened for me for you like yeah 
it's it, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. To each their own path. Um, mm. Okay. So for the um, brief time that you were a few years that you were um, pursuing, you know, your teaching degree, did you ever actually get in a classroom? Were you with students? Yeah, I, I, um, I did. I did student teaching for uh, like primary school. And then I, when I studied abroad, I studied around in London and I did student teaching at a, at a high school in in London. And that was um, a humbling experience. Both experiences were incredibly humbling. <laughs> mm. So what's scarier, kids or critics? Ooh. Uh, both have <laughs> All due respect to critics. Feeling. I could not. Uh, both yeah. have real hurt feelings potential. I feel like, like if a critic hurts my feelings, then it's like about my work, which is like, okay. But it, I feel like when like, a, like when a student would hurt my feelings, I would just be like, am I like, really actually dumb like am i just like pretending to be smart and i'm dumb because yeah. a kid asked me like why one plus one equals two and i'm like oh wait uh just because it is right <laughs> yeah logic yeah logic right. get with the program yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's fair enough oh gosh it's i substitute taught one summer when i was it's home brutal. and no thank you that was good it's yeah brutal. i had kindergarten and then I was really scared of the seventh and eighth graders, and they actually were quite reasonable because they Ooh, understood how they to like. They used to be my biggest fear too. They used to be my biggest fear, but it's actually like I feel like it's actually like the the end, like the bookends, because it's mm-hmm. like when you get to high school, they're like, "I'm an adult." You're how old was I at the time? Like twenty, twenty, twenty one. <laughs> like, yeah. like you are yeah, a same. child. We can see that. Um, yep. And we're good. And then I feel like for like the youngest kids, they're like, make the world make sense to us. Oh, right. And that's too much pressure. That is yeah. too much pressure. Oh, gosh. Well, um, well. Obviously, things have been working out just fine with the critics, certainly as it um, pertains to uh, the bear. Um, I I have to bring up the Spirit Awards earlier this year uh, where you won. Um, You started to get a little emotional there toward the end of your speech. You can hear my voice cracking. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Was it like, was there something specific in that moment that hit you? Because it's like you were obviously I'm sure like there's so many nerves that I have no understanding of being on that stage. but then it just, it seemed to get you a little bit and you took a second. Um, I think if I think about the show, I can get quite emotional um, mm. because it's just something that I'm just so grateful for. Um, I am in so many ways and uh, it's just really, really a, a miraculous experience. And I'm so proud of all of us in the work that we do and the feelings that we just, you know, try to put forward. But yeah, it was really, I don't know humbling to just I don't know win something I I, I, mm. I, I I'm really not like like a like a winner like I like in my life historically <laughs> like I, I'm very happy for all the things that have happened but you know like I like second place spelling bee sort of like vibes like that like so I think I just was really shocked um but yeah to look at and like see Eben and and, and see Cooper and just like think about the show we you know I think we've all said this probably in different interviews and definitely to each other. But that first season, I think we, we knew we were making something that we were proud of, but it felt like almost like an indie or something. And there's so much good TV. Um, There's no guarantees that people will watch anything. And even when people do watch, there's no guarantees that a 
company or streaming service will keep it on the air um because mm-hmm. um, there's no metrics for these sort of things <laughs> part of why the world is striking <laughs> yeah. but anyway um yeah. <laughs> yeah there's there's no there's no guarantees and so i think uh the fact that people responded uh not just critically but on a sort of uh, cultural level like felt nuts yeah. um and felt really special. So yeah, I think I I was doing my sort of thing where I was like trying to be present, but my brain was going a million miles an hour, <laughs> getting very yeah. heady, and I probably my 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 emotions caught up with me a little bit towards the end. But yeah, it well, was a really fun and special night. It was really cool. I was like, just also, I was like in a room with so many people, and I'm just like, you are cool. You are cool to me. This is. Wild. Yeah. Yeah. The, that room was packed with some pretty incredible talents. Um, okay. So for the bear, was that uh, the audition? Was that all like zoom virtual stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was all, that was like self tape, um, zoom callback, zoom, zoom, second zoom callback. Um, I, yeah. And I, I remember one of them, I like did like in an Airbnb. I was like, this is like, <laughs> this feels like dream life. Like I'm just like, this doesn't <laughs> feel like, like reality. Like it was also, um, yeah, it was all, it was also like weird, but also like that was the moment. Um, I was actually driving in LA the other day and I drove past a casting office that I was like, oh my God, I don't think I've had an in-person audition since like 2019. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, but that's true. Yeah. I mean, it's it's changed mm. the dynamic so much, of course. So yeah. then when did you get to meet Jeremy, Alan White? We met before the pilot, a few weeks before when we were uh, doing a cooking class with each other. And so we went to uh, culinary school um, and that's, and that's where we met. Um, and that was like two ish weeks. Um, and I also, at the time I didn't drive <laughs> and he was like, what, you don't drive. <laughs> and so he drove me home a few times and, and, um, oh. and that was when we like first got to get to know each other. And he was like, you really need to get your license. And I was like, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> For sure. For sure. I did. I did. Have I you, did get my license. Okay. I was about to ask to have you since then. <laughs> well, I got my license because also I was like in the, he, he was like in the, the show, like Sydney, like used to drive for UPS. Like there's like a potential that you'll have to like drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was like, like for your job, you should get your license. Yeah. Like, yeah. Good point. Yeah, you're right. That's a whole other yeah. thing. He, he makes trucks. a lot of yeah. good points. He makes a lot of good points. Oh, darn him. What'd you call him? The great poet? In your spirit of fourth speech, as, as the great oh, poet once said, poet. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Poet. yeah, yeah, favorite poet, acting, yeah, he's he's the best, he's the best. But there are sometimes moments from like, even though we're close in age, I'm like, oh, like you are like a father, like you like, and you are like parenting me right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's a very like wise presence about him, mm. isn't there? I, it, it's so funny. I mean, I, like the show, just obviously there's so much adrenaline and a lot of yelling, but like him and Eben are like the pinnacles of like Zen. Like they're just such mm-hmm. chill, grounded, like steady BPM, like low Hertz, <laughs> like vibes. Um, uh-huh. And then like, I feel like, especially season one, a lot of what I was thinking about was like stillness for Sydney. Like I think she has a lot of anxiety and a lot of energy, Uh but she keeps it very still. I'm somebody who 
is not that I, 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 I move a lot. I've got very long limbs. I love to move them. Um, and like, especially in like my comedy, my stand up, I'm like always thinking about like, how can I, my body just like take up as much space as possible. Yeah. And with Sydney, it was like a lot of the opposite. And like, how do I move with like grace? And how do I move with like swiftness? How do I move keeping my body small? Because I am a, a, a person but especially a woman in a kitchen that's already a small, hot space. And people are, especially if, you know, they might be, you know, um, you know, men or whatever, uh, thinking of my body in a certain way and having these like expectations of me. Um, so how do I stay still? But then it's like, as soon as like, yeah, the cameras are off, it's like, they're like, and I'm like, ah, weekends! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's also kind of a, I, I would think kind of a dance around those kitchens because they are small, mm. like you said, but everyone has to kind of move in such a way. And you're always aware of each other because yes. you don't want to, you know, hit a, a, a yeah. hot pan or aware of people with knives. So you don't get mm-hmm. stabbed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes, yep. You sometimes you do. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes you do. Okay. Can we talk about that episode though for a second, which I'm sure, sure. you've talked about ad nauseum, but episode seven, the single take uh i mean so many great things happening first of all um finding out that the that the customer who sydney gave the risotto to oops that's mm. a food critic um yeah. not necessarily oops i mean it was a like kind of oh shit moment but it's not ultimately a bad thing for the restaurant mm. um starting the to-go service all those tickets coming in uh, sitting here right here on this sofa watching i mean my anxiety i felt myself like constantly moving i was like I was trying to find a spot to take a breath watching the whole yeah. thing happen. Um, yeah. And then Sydney accidentally stabs Richie. But it did, did it feel like that in the moment or you guys had rehearsed it so much that it was like, this is fine. We got this. Uh, our rhythms are down. Or did all of you feel the anxiety? I think it's, um, you know, it's kind of finding that balance of both, uh, that sort of trick of acting. How do you make something that, you know, feel new? Um, and I think with Chris and the way that we shoot, uh, we, if it started to feel too tight, he would either adjust something or just like stop the rehearsal and be like, great, we're good on that part. Let's move along. Um, and I think there definitely was some anxiety from people just being like, wait, we didn't get it perfect. But Chris, I think he, he knew, um, and he, and he's very good at knowing that sort of thing. And, and then, uh, we did, I think, like four or five takes um, total. So so it, it was like making sure that we all had comfort and, you know, felt good about what we had and what we were going to work with, but make sure it didn't feel too, too locked in. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I think also... Keep some spontaneity, allow yeah. yourself that kind of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, then we would also sort of like modulate uh, our performances or maybe certain moments, either up or down. But Chris wouldn't necessarily tell, you know, tell, like he would tell us individually. So then it's also mm-hmm. like we were sort of able to surprise each other uh, in some moments yeah. as well. Yeah. Well, I think it's a real uh, achievement of like 2022, one of the, I I think we named it one of, you know, the the best episodes of the year. It was just one of those, like, like you said, the way it kind of took over um, the the way the show kind of took over pop culture uh, that I don't know if it felt like it to you, but it seemed kind of like Terry on top of the, uh, the, the ice cream sundae there after you guys had done so much incredible work. That's, that's very nice. I, I, yeah, I mean, it was like, 
a blast to get to do that episode, even though it was like definitely daunting and it initially wasn't um like a one take episode so we 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 got it together (laughs) pretty quickly (laughs) um and so it there was definitely a daunting element of it but there was also something that was so exciting and kind of freeing by Mm -hmm. knowing that we were operating in these confines i Mm um i feel like you know, like you, you look at like things from the past or whatever, like like a Jane Austen novel. And I feel like it's like people were fighting against, they're fighting against like lack of choice. But I feel like for us now in the mm. modern era, it's like, there's so much choice. There's so much freedom. How, like, what do you do? And it was, it was fun having parameters and knowing that like, oh, we just have one take with, with our one camera operator, Gary. And like, we just, we just have this time to do it. So let's, let's just put it all on the floor. Um, and it felt like a play, like we were doing a play in moments mm-hmm. because we didn't know necessarily where the camera would be. And we all, you know, ha- uh, like in, 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 um, in like a major sense, of course, like, you know, Gary will be yeah. here and then moving there to do this scene. That's why Z, whatever. Mm-hmm. But you, you wouldn't know if you were going to be in a shot or not, like, even if it's like your shoulder or whatever. So it's just like, everybody was on the whole time. And, um, aware of each other and in that way that you were saying earlier um and yeah just just trying to just be there be in it and that that that, it it was like acting school like it really was like school like i i just felt like my brain was exploding in the best possible way Mm. it was great um what do you think sydney's defining moment was of season one woof um (laughs) i don't defining um, I feel like there are people who are like, when she quit, when she quit in seven. Oh. Um, but I feel, I look at that moment and I feel like that was a, more of like a breaking point for her. But I really do love when she comes back at the end because I feel like that, that to me is, is Sydney. Like she's somebody who just wears her heart on her sleeve and, and wears her effort on her sleeve and, uh, she really just wants to be the best that she can be. And, and even if I, I think about the, the end is really f- very funny to me, honestly, where I'm just like, they found this money and then they have the opportunity to get out and they want to make another restaurant. Like, are these people out of their minds? Yes. Um, yes. But so even if it's, <laughs> yeah. it's not, you know, the most like sound decision or the, or the greatest decision for like her mental health or whatever, she's like, this is my dream. Like I'm going to go for it. And I want to work with these people, even though we might not totally understand each other or be like the best for each other. Like I want to make this thing work. Um, and I love that moment too, because it's like, it's just such a nice moment with, with, with between Sydney and Carmi and, and with the whole kitchen crew just being there and just being like in awe of their lives at this moment, like together. Mm. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, them wanting to open another restaurant. Of course, that teases up for season two, uh, you know, mm-hmm. renovating the restaurant, renovating yeah. the menu. Um, what is that? What does that mean for Sydney? What does that open you up to do? I think it definitely uh, opens Sydney up to this, to, to, to learning about leadership and finding her place in this system 
now she'll have more responsibility and uh you know i think a lot of season one it was like battling <laughs> with people um but i think she's she's more a part of the family in season two but even though that's true it doesn't mean you know that everything's gonna go smoothly and that like the roles are gonna find themselves in in an easy way so i think mm-hmm. sort of having to figure out her place um and also like figure out i think her voice uh as as a as a chef um i think she spent so much of her uh career life her her culinary life working for other people and uh i think she's like excited to get to have more of a say and more of a voice but it's also like it's still sort of carmy spot so i think those those questions might be interesting to explore Mm-hmm. And lots of eating you get to do. There, I, I, there's, there's, there's a lot of eating <laughs> in the trailer, and I was like surprised by like how much I'm eating. Um, but yeah, there, there were some moments season two where I was like, I'm really full. I'm really full. <laughs> um, I never thought I would say this, but you I'm, weren't I'm, taking, t- you weren't taking TV bites. No, I really don't. I find that so weird. I also am like so Me conscious too. of eating anyway and that the idea of like i just know myself as well i feel like the idea of like me trying to eat in a way that's like aesthetically pleasing or whatever would just end up like hideous like it would like cancel itself out somehow yeah yeah Yeah. Uh, i know it drives me crazy when i see people eating on shows or movies and they're just really just pushing the food around on the plate i'm like eat it's okay if there's a little food in your mouth we all do that anyway that's my that's my pet peeve my chance and by the way a lot of times there's a spit bucket, so you are like you could spit it out if you're if you don't want to eat it. Just just take the. Chew. I would eat just all of it. Chew. Yeah. You you think that this is the thing about the show, especially you think that, and there were things season two that I was eating that I was like, these are the most incredible bites of my life, and then you're on like take ten, and you're like this, and there's more food after, and then there's more food before, and you're like, wait, I'm full. Wait, what did I get mm. full? Yeah, oops. Well, yeah. oops. Uh, are is, are you allergic to anything? Like, do they have to like make sure they don't serve you mushrooms or anything like I that? I actually do have some weird food allergies, and I'm on like a little bit. Of, I'll be honest, I'm on a bit of an allergy journey back in LA, trying to hit up the allergist. You know how it goes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm allergic to cinnamon, pineapple, banana, and avocado. So I there's 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 wow. a lot of smoothie options that that are tricky for me but yeah i think what it is is if you're if you're whoever's interested any doctors listening um my my doctor thinks that i might have a latex allergy because there's people who have those food allergies and like there's like some other foods that are in that like little cloud or there's some sort of cloud or of whatever but they the the molecular structure like is shaped similarly to latex so your body thinks that you're ingesting latex. So then you have an allergic reaction to those foods, even though you're not actually allergic to them. Isn't that sick? Fascinating. Isn't science amazing? Isn't science that amazing? That is wild. Yeah. And I'm honestly glad that I'm on this journey. I, I hope it ends in a, <laughs> a diagnosis. Follow me on social media if you want to know more. But uh, yeah, no, I hope it ends. on that journey. Yeah. <laughs> I'm making like a YouTube for my allergy journey. But I hope it ends in something 
Because I almost went to a hypnotist. This is how I know that I've been living in LA for too long. Because I almost went to a hypnotist because I was like, maybe it's just in my mind. And I'm like, I'm like refusing these foods. My doctor was like, dog, like, no. It's medical. <laughs> it's you're, literally you're, like, yeah, it's you're literally fine. science. Oh, gosh. Like, don't tell me you're going to go to a hypnotist. Yeah. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I, I hope you do get an answer because that, that stuff is like frustrating. And yeah, an do you answer. Have allergies? I. Well, thank goodness I do not. Nothing I know oh. of. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I used to be yeah, like you. I know. Yeah, I remember. Uh, and then it all changes. Yeah, I, I'm such a foodie that I, um, I, I'm really thankful that I don't because that would, that would take me out, I think. <laughs> it's sad. Uh, it, yeah. it, it is sad. But I'm, I'm like, I'm glad I don't have any of the big ones. Like if it was like gluten or like mm-hmm. everyone with a gluten allergy, we went out for, um, we went to this place in LA that has like fried Korean chicken and like beer. And I was Uh like, let's go. And she was like, I can have all of the sides. I can have all the banchan and the japchae and yeah like a oh. little glass of wine. And I was like, well, why did we go to this chicken and beer plate? Because now I feel bad yeah. and I'm oh. gonna have a big plate of chicken and I'm gonna have beer. Right um, in front of you. Mm. Right in front right yeah. in front of her face. Yeah. That's rough. Oh, that's rough. Well like I said, hope you get an answer to that. Um, here's the an answer I would like to get. The answer I would like to get is, how did Abbott Elementary come about? Because I love oh, your yeah. character after hearing so much about her for the first season. And then we get to experience her. Yeah, it was great. I've, I'm, I've known Quinta for a while, but I feel like whenever my friends make something, I'm like, I will consume it. I would say that I like it, but I will never ask for a part. Um, and then one day she was just like, what's your schedule like? Like, is it insane? Cause I know it's insane, but how insane is it? <laughs> and I was like, why? Um, and she was like, we've been sort of thinking about you in the room for, for, uh, for Aisha, for Janine's sister. Um, and this is sort of their backstory. Um, and she was like, it's going to be an episode that will be funny, but like, I want somebody who has like, can do some some drama and i was like mm-hmm. wait i'm scared because i like this show and i know everybody i know likes this show and i don't want anybody to be <laughs> mad at me that, that yeah. there's some drama in the episode um <laughs> but yeah there sure but is there absolutely is um and then and then mama taraji came and closed out the season that was incredible um but yeah uh that's kind of how it started did you know when you went in that uh, Taraji was going to be playing the mom? I think at that time they were like finishing up uh, the deal. And so she told me and I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh. Uh. I was so shook. But I was also like, I think this makes sense. Like as our, uh-huh. as like who would be our, our mother. That would be like also so much of a tor- or tornado. Um, excuse me uh-huh. that, that like Janine is like sort of pulled and has to stay and has to be the rock. And that Aisha is like, I got to go. Like this is, yeah, yeah, it's not my scene. I got to go. No plan, plan the drought game, not her scene. Not my, (laughs) not Aisha scene. Not Aisha scene. No, no. Oh, well, it's such a, a I hope we get to see you more, especially since it feels like there was a resolution between the two of them. And then maybe, you know, she'll, take another visit to Philly and I don't yeah. know. Do, do you hope she I comes know. back? I obviously hope that she comes back. Yeah. And I've, 
uh, there's some sort of see the then this is this is where I'm like I I'm I'm not gonna pitch I'm not gonna pitch I'm not gonna pitch I'm gonna mm-hmm. be I'm gonna be a good guest star and and be happy but you know if there's like a Thanksgiving or Christmas episode you know what I mean oh perfect holiday spring break Janine goes on spring break spring break to Colorado, Colorado. there you go see and then mom we'll figure this along. out well you pitched it so then that that basically that that works. <laughs> we'll just put it out into the universe. Um, I also mentioned earlier uh, season four of what we do in the shadows. Uh, consulting yeah. producer and you co-wrote yes. uh, private school that episode yes. um, where um, Shane <laughs> they're trying to yes. get baby Colin into private school. Nadia keeps like uh, hypnotizing the school headmaster so that they can um, kind of restart the conversation and and have yeah. a do over. Uh, you know to win over the school headmaster. Tell me specifically about like the writing of that sequence, which I think is just so, so funny. We, I think, I don't think that was like in the, I'm so curious. I like some, I think that might've been in the first draft, but there was just like something where we were writing or doing our beat sheet and we were getting notes. Um, she and I with, and with the producers and you're know, talking about all of them. And they were like, there's something here with this idea of like, the hypnotizing and just like how far can we push that? Um, and so then when like Shayna and I went back to write it, it was really just like us. Um, like, I think also I might've been filming something at the time. So I, like we were like on zoom and like Google talks and just like talking to each other for hours, just like trying to make each other cry, thinking of like the most ridiculous scenarios. <laughs> possible yeah. like how far can we push this thing like can we see baby Naja like the Naja doll like come back like oh, yeah. <laughs> like you know like how like how far can these permutations of relationships go um like are we gonna see um one of the impractical jokers like literally why not like let's just see what happens if mm-hmm. we write it mm-hmm. <laughs> like, let's just see what happens um but it was just I think like best case scenario where we were just really trying to make each other laugh. And then we Mm -hmm. were, and then when we gave the script to the producers, they were like, yeah, they were down and they loved it. Um, And yeah, I love that show so much. It's like one of the funniest shows on TV, Mm -hmm. like period. And so getting to be in the room was truly like a dream. And I, I was so happy that we, we got uh, assigned this episode and that we just got to, Mm make it as insane as possible. Um, we really oh. just were like trying to make each other laugh. Like, like Matt Berry and the Guy Fieri get up. Like that's like one of the moments I'll be like proudest of my whole career, oh. <laughs> no matter how long or short it goes, like just getting yeah. a picture of like the costume fitting. I was like, actually dreams do come true. <laughs> core memory <laughs> unlocked yeah yes. yeah you will have that one making core memories at like 27 and yeah why not why not oh um do you do you prefer writing with someone for those reasons because you have someone to, to bounce stuff off of or in mm. other situations do you kind of just like to be you your keyboard slapping away at the at the letters writing is weird i think it's like it is like sadly an important part of the job sometimes that you just have to spend time by yourself and just work on an idea Mm -hmm. and work it out in your head and also sometimes 
like, I mean, I'm, you know, but then sometimes it's wonderful and you're like, oh, God, my beautiful mind has never from, flown, you know, more freely. Um, but then also it's the same with when it's writing with somebody else. Like sometimes you get these miraculous, wonderful moments of just like connectivity and, and getting to chase an idea together and know you're like on the same path together. And then sometimes you're like sitting and you're just like, it's never been quieter. (laughs) It's simply never (laughs) been quieter, Mm. but you know that you're just like trying to find that, that thing. And you're trying to find that, that thing together. But I, I love writing with other people. I think as a writer, like my favorite part is always the room um mm. and just trying to crack ideas together and like especially in a comedy just trying to make each other laugh and kind of like solve yeah. puzzles together um that's always really fun um just like when it seems like something won't work and it's been like 6 weeks and then all of a sudden you're like oh wait we found it it was right in front of us the whole time like here we go like let's just keep going um yeah i i, I love collaborating and i think also as like a a person who you know came from improv world as well that that feeling of just like you know bouncing off playing off people yeah Mm -hmm, exactly yeah i feel like that's always kind of gonna be one of the my my favorite feelings because it was one of the first ones that i that i found Mm -hmm. yeah no it makes complete sense to me i that's i collaborative (laughs) environments are some of the most rewarding when everyone mm. can, and then when it all like hits and everything like suddenly like the stars all align and there's like music that you can't hear but you know it's like the heavens open up yeah yeah that's a great feeling. I think it's also like it's so I think this is just a business where um ego is so obviously involved um especially as it relates you know to people's ideas and their visions but when you're in spaces and you're like, oh, good, like we were all hired for a reason. Like we mm. we all are supposed to be here and are all excited to be here and work on this thing together and and, and learn together and just like forge forward together. Like, you know, mm. what more can you ask for? Yeah. Well, last thing here I will uh, ask you, um, we, we've talked about all the, the, the great stuff that's been happening over the past few years, but I'm, I'm curious if there's anything that didn't happen, a role you wanted, something you were trying to book. Um, and in the aftermath, you realize, you know what, it wasn't meant to be because something else came my way. I mean, I'm sure like a thousand things. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm sure. Um, yeah, but I, I feel like I try not to hold on to that stuff because I, I think, because of that 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 knowledge that feeling of like everything that's supposed to happen will right. happen if i didn't get it happen, i wasn't right. supposed to land that role mm, yeah mm. and i and i yeah. can't I can't, I, I can't let myself linger on it because I also mm-hmm. would be too good at lingering on it <laughs> mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. yeah because i I, I I love to excel, even in the even in the in the not good ways. <laughs> so oh. yeah. Oh gosh. Well, um, look, it has been a great pleasure speaking with you. Thank I, you I, so I had much. so much fun. Um, congratulations on everything. Uh, and folks can see the Bear season two is coming up very soon. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, Bottoms. There's so much, uh, so much Iowa Debris to take in. Um, <laughs> so. I hope everyone finds it and enjoys it uh, as much as I have. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. 
I mean, I hope I didn't get your hopes up for that one. She's such a delight. I could talk to her all day. Um, she's just, she's so cool. Uh, she, uh, I, I thought our date went quite well. Um, but I love her idea for how to get back on Abbott. Um, cause that's what I was wondering too. How do, well, like, where does Janine go from there with her family? Um, especially what we saw, you know, with, uh, Taraji P. Henson as her mom. Um, but I think a holiday episode makes complete sense because then you know school's not in session so we could actually see all of uh, all the teachers at home uh you know what they what they do for the holidays i mean i love me some christmas specials uh, yeah. I think, you know ghosts is now doing one every year mm-hmm. uh i think abbott could do what i i bring them all back bring back these specials i love it make them a longer episode something mm-hmm. a little more special uh you can break convention a little bit yeah. um i think it would be it would be great I, so I'm all for it. Uh, Taraji, get on the phone. I O, make it happen. Yeah. Let's do it. I, well, I, I'm going to assume that Quinta is listening. Um, so, so there you go. You're, you're welcome for the idea. Um, well, and, and I now say to you, Patrick, thank you very much for joining me again this week. Anytime. All right. Well, thanks so much to all of you for listening. That is it for this episode of The Awardist. If you like what you're hearing here, you can follow, rate the podcast, and especially, please do leave us an award-winning review on Apple Podcasts. And to keep the conversation with us going, you can follow Entertainment Weekly on all socials. We're at EW on Twitter and at Entertainment Weekly everywhere else. You can also tag me at Jared Hall. We will see you back here next week. This episode of the Awardist podcast is hosted by Jared Hall, produced by Chanel Johnson and Sammy Junio, edited by Sammy Junio. Full episode transcripts are available at EW.com. Thanks for listening. Listening.